Hey everyone, it's Forrest. As you might be able to tell, this isn't a normal episode. I wanted to take a moment to share a few thoughts and let you know about our content over the next little while. I've wrestled with how to talk about what's been going on in the country for a while. This podcast doesn't generally focus on current events, social issues, politics, anything like that. There are many fantastic outlets aimed at those topics that do great work, and neither Rick nor I have any professional expertise, really, in those areas, or in race relations, police brutality, or really any of the other areas of expertise that would be particularly valuable here. And talking about those subjects with authority on a platform that we've built, where we present ourselves as experts regularly, would be disingenuous at best, and actively deceptive at worst. This is piled on top of the obvious point that we are two white, privileged men. Just by virtue of that fact, our voices get heard all the time. Given what's happening in America right now, it feels appropriate for us to spend a lot more time listening than talking. But at the same time, the ability to remain both silent and comfortable is a privilege. It always has been. If you've considered speaking up over the past weeks or months or years and chosen not to, I'd encourage you to examine the structures that have allowed you to do so and remain comfortable. It's antithetical to the ethos of this show to not offer whatever support we can to those who are pursuing the cause of social justice. There's this wonderful quote from Lila Watson, If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Health and happiness is a collective pursuit. If we're truly seeking liberation from our suffering, we achieve it together. Racism is a public health crisis in this country. Last week, we collectively witnessed the murder of George Floyd at the hands of police. This, alongside the murders of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, have added more to a long list of names. Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, uh, Eric Harris, Freddie Gray, Trayvon Martin... Pamela Turner, Jordan Edwards, Stefan Clark, the list goes on. There is something that is critically important to understand here if you don't already. These murders are not disparate episodes. They are not random events. They are not one-offs. They are part of a structure. A study performed in 2019 found that one in every thousand black men can expect to be killed by police. That number is absurdly painfully high. Police brutality perpetrated against people of color is itself just one small part of the larger structure of white privilege and, call it what it is, white supremacy in America. I think that for many people with a privileged background, speaking from some experience here, particularly white people, outpourings of protest can feel like these singular events sometimes. They arise, They go on for a while, and then they pass, and then we just stop paying attention. Because we have the privilege of unplugging. We have the privilege of being able to change the channel, because we don't necessarily experience on a day-to-day level the ways in which these events are part of a larger, racist structure. And that's what worries me, that this happens, and then there's this outpouring of support And it's like trying to drink information from a fire hose so everyone gets just overwhelmed and then it all just goes away. And then, the next time it happens, we're shocked all over again. 
As many others have said, I don't understand how it's possible to feel surprised or shocked by what's happening here. How can somebody live in America with any any level of awareness at all and be surprised by what's happening here? The bottom line is that it's an advantage to have a white body. We saw that directly in the actions of Amy Cooper, who used her whiteness as a malicious weapon against a black man. And it's important to remember that I say all of this, and you'll already know this if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, as the absolute poster child for privilege. I am a white straight man who grew up in Northern California. I went to a private high school and one of the best public universities in the world. I haven't spent one minute, not a solitary minute of my life, wondering where my next meal was coming from. Regardless of what I do, I will be privileged for the rest of my life. That's just the truth. This will be the case through no good effort of my own, simply by the accident of convenient birth. So all that's left is the question of how I, and we more broadly, privileged people generally, choose to use that privilege. If you don't use it to do something actively, if all you have is thoughts and prayers, then you're a part of the problem. A lot of people, myself included, were late in fully showing up to truly participating and supporting those who have been disenfranchised. So all we can do is recognize that, make the apology, and then try to move forward with right action. So speaking to my uh, fellow white people, and I say this from painful experience, the only way to really wake to what's happening to people of color out in the world, and particularly in America, is by getting really, really, really uncomfortable and being okay with sitting in that discomfort, sometimes for a long time. Being really okay with the pain that can come alongside both learning what we really need to know in order to change our behavior and be allies to people in the future, and unlearning the conditioning that everyone is naturally exposed to as part of living inside of a social structure. That conditioning is powerful, it is persistent, and it wants to survive. So we have to actively fight against it. And this is really hard. A learning mindset or a student mindset of any kind is fundamentally a vulnerable mindset. You're opening yourself to the discomfort of not knowing and the possibility of, frankly, correction. But it's what needs to be embraced in order for us to create real change. It was actually really freeing, or it's been really freeing for me personally, when I moved from a position of defensiveness to a position of acceptance, to accepting that I've been the beneficiary of a fundamentally racist system, accepting that it's not nearly enough to just be not racist, and accepting that passivity supports oppression. So, all that said, over the next weeks and months, Being Well is going to be airing more conversations featuring guests who focus on this broad family of topics. We're going to be talking about generational trauma, equitable access to mental health resources, what we can do to start attempting to overcome our own conditioning, and hopefully a wide variety of other topics. We are also, of course, going to keep talking about the same things that we've always talked about alongside that. 
the old show isn't going away by any means. I just think that it's really important right now to shine a light on these big topics. And my goal on this isn't to present myself or present Rick as an expert here. We're not. The goal is to offer a platform for really wise people to talk about things that they know much more about than I do. I'm going to try to ask thoughtful questions, listen a lot, and mostly let these guests do what they do best. In the meantime, and this is particularly important for white people who truly want to be allies, I strongly recommend that you put the effort into educating yourself about these topics. I also strongly recommend that you not reach out to every friend you have who's, who is a person of color and ask them to help educate you on these topics. It's just not their job, uh, particularly right now when there's already so much overwhelm and trauma going on. There are a ton of fantastic reading lists floating around out there that give a lot of really good places to start. I'd strongly recommend uh, Pod Save the People and Code Switch in particular if you're looking for podcasts that frequently cover these topics. In terms of taking action beyond education, I've donated to the Act Blue fundraiser in support of organizations fighting racism and GoFundMe's Justice and Equality Fund as well as to the memorial funds for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. I'll include links to all of these things in the description of the podcast, and I hope you'll join me in donating. On Monday, we're going to be airing a conversation I had with Dr. Alfie Breland Noble, a wonderful psychologist, researcher, and educator. I had a great time talking with her, and I hope you really enjoy it. So, until next time, thanks for listening.